to the eighth episode of the podcast Here to Help. I am the host, Jessica Glynn, and I am doing this podcast. I haven't done one in a few weeks. It's been a little hectic, but I wanted to sit down today and do another episode because I feel it's important to keep up with it. But I'm doing this podcast because I want to reach out to those that don't know the story about my brother, or even if you do know the story, and just kind of not only help people, but give you the background about, you know, what it was like to go through that situation with my brother's suicide and what it was like for myself and my family. And in doing that, again, not only giving the background, but maybe helping someone that is going through something similar and didn't know the story regarding my brother. And just having someone that they can feel connected to that I know it helped me when I had gone to a, um, a support group for those that had lost someone to suicide. And there was many nights when I would attend this group and it was early on for my mom and I, you know, with losing my brother. And these other individuals would tell their stories and, and say things that it was comforting to me because it allowed me to see that I wasn't alone in the way that I was feeling. When someone you love passes away, and it could be from anything, whether it's a traumatic experience, I feel like all deaths can be traumatic, um, but whether it was expected or not expected, you know, you go through this crazy cycle of grief and you feel very alone, um, even if for myself, you know, there's other family members that obviously lost someone too, each connection to that person that passed away is different from person to person. So, you know, feeling that emptiness and feeling so alone and then, and then hearing a story from someone that you feel like, wow, I, I felt this exact same way or I'm feeling that exact same way. It just gives you that connection and it takes away a little bit of that emptiness that you're feeling inside. So I have written to my brother in a journal after he passed away and I've been sharing those journal entries or letters to him every week and I read an entry or two and then I go into further detail about them and I hope that this week there's something that you know enables you to connect with it this week the two entries that I would like to read are um, more based upon you know signs that we had gotten from him rather than the emotion behind it um, each week is different. Sometimes it's just about, yeah, connection that I felt was made or a sign that he gave us. And then there's other entries that, you know, I, I dive deep into, um, 
how hard it is to deal with this loss. But this week, as I said, is more about the signs that I received from him. And I like reading these rather than the hard ones, but um, I'm willing to share all of it. So I hope you enjoy the readings from today. December 15th. Me and Dad talked about moving upstate today. He had told me about how he had spoken to you about it as well. He said that you mentioned you would get a job at a dealership up there and have a trailer to yourself on Dad's property. I didn't know that you guys even spoke about this. I told Dad about how me and Doug were talking about moving up there instead of possibly buying Mom and Dad's house. I don't know if I could live there after what had happened in that room. On the flip side, I don't know if I could allow someone else to own my childhood home. All the memories I have with you there, I just don't know. Jen texted me and asked me, in quotes, you guys have plans to go upstate? Question mark. I said, no, not me at least. Then I thought, oh my gosh, the conversation me and dad had about moving there. I texted her this and she calls me. She said that she sees you gesturing with your hands, like, come on, come on, come up. Like you wanted us to come up there. I then asked her if you meant me or dad or both. And she said that she wasn't sure. She then said she sees me kneeling at like a grave site but she knows that you don't have one. I learned a week or two ago that you were talking about your urn to Jen and memorial in mom and dad's house. Then she gets all excited and says, oh my God, I have to FaceTime you. So she does. And she shows me two pennies sitting on her, um, a box in her house that she just walked past. She said that she just passed the box and they weren't there. I said, how crazy is that? Because I just asked if you were talking about me and dad or separate and there were two pennies. December 18th. Jen texted me first thing in the morning asking if you had come to me the night prior. If not me, then did something happen with dad? So I laughed as I typed, yeah, my dad felt someone pull on his hood of his sweatshirt. The night before, dad was talking to Doug outside about how Doug had forgotten to take two other guns from him the night everything happened with you. Immediately after saying this is when he felt a tug on the hood of his sweatshirt, so strong that he said he felt his body weight shift backwards. He turned around, of course, to see if anyone was there, in which there was not. Then she asked if Dad was wearing a dark-colored sweatshirt, and he was. 
Then she writes, I feel your brother with me this morning. I keep hearing this song over and over in my head. She said, Christopher is being persistent. Then she says, <clears throat> he's giving me shit about the candle. Something along the lines of that your mom is very sensitive. And if I said I was going to get that candle, I need to hurry the F up before she gets upset. I was cracking up by this because Jen bought me and mom the prayer candles to light for you. Mom's broke before she could give it to her, and Jen said that she would buy her another one, but she hadn't yet. Then finally, she called me and said that the song that she heard was high-pitched. She didn't know if it was a girl or a guy singing it, but the song was saying something about missing someone. So I went hysterical because I know instantly that she was talking about the Sam Smith song, Palace. Um, he says in a very high-pitched voice, I'm gonna miss you. I sang a cover of this song because I felt like it was so close to how I felt about you being gone. Well, she went on to tell me that you were making fun of me, saying how sappy the song was. This would totally be something that you would say. And later on, I sent her the video of you singing um, Respect on the microphone at work to show her how you sang, quote unquote, when you were being a goof. Um, and she laughed and couldn't believe it. She said that it sounded just like that. into a little bit more detail about the entries. Um, as I said, these were really based on, these couple of days were based solely on a lot of connections that were made with my brother. And I know that some that will listen to this, you know, um, I believe I've said this before, will think that you know, oh, this is a coping mechanism and, you know, things I'm making up in my head to make myself feel closer to him. Um, but a lot of these things that have gone on, you know, um, the conversation with my dad about talking about upstate and then, you know, immediately Jen's texting me talking about, do you have plans on going upstate? And, you know, just random things, unless she had my house, you know, wiretapped. I mean, there's really no way for her to know that we were speaking about these things. Um, and I laugh reading this back about, you know, I don't know if I could live at mom and dad's house um, because eventually Doug and I wound up moving into my parents' house and we are here. So that flip side that I mentioned is something that really stuck with me that I just felt like I couldn't drive past this house that I'm living in knowing that I couldn't come inside or, um, you know, share a memory with someone inside this house about my brother. And I thought of like my kids and being able to grow up in the house that I grew up in and I just felt like 
you know, that whole incident and what happened with my brother, that, not that it didn't matter, but that was just so insignificant in comparison to my life memories with my brother and growing up in this house and the things that we shared and memories that, you know, we have in this house. It just, I just couldn't allow for someone else to have this house. Um, so we did, like I said, we did decide to, to come here and, um, yeah, with the, the night that my dad felt the pull on his sweatshirt, I remember when he told me about it, he was so taken back about how much force was behind the pull. Um, he wasn't standing near anything that, you know, his sweatshirt would have gotten caught. There was nothing behind him for him, his sweatshirt to get stuck and pull. Um, you know, he was just standing on the front porch and he was talking to my husband about my brother and the night that everything happened. And then he felt this pull on his sweatshirt and enough so, like I said, that he like lost his balance, like moved, you know, his body went backwards as if a person was standing there and pulled on his hood. So I definitely think that that was somebody, I mean, interrupting their conversation. I would like to believe that it was my brother. Um, and I thought it was so funny with the the song that Jen brought up and I remember when she imitated it it's so hard you know when I'm writing about it and you're not you know in the moment and hearing how she reenacted what she was hearing um, it wasn't just a simple like oh I hear the song and you know a vague thing where oh I hear, you know I keep hearing this song it was very specific and the way that she imitated um, that she heard my brother singing it. Um, she did it this high pitched way. And she said the exact words that were in that song that I just did a cover song for because I sing and I, the song just really, I really connected to the song because, you know, it was saying like, you know, I'm really going to miss you. You know, we built this palace, we built this life and and now you're gone. And I, again, just thought it was really funny that, you know, she's, I'm, when she brought it up, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, he, he heard my, the song. And I thought like, it, it, when I was talking to Jen, it was almost like I was having a conversation with my brother. Like we were connecting through her because I was unable to you know, connect with him in the way that she did. So it's almost like I felt like I was able to have a, a secondhand conversation with my brother. And when she brought it up, <coughs> excuse me, she said, you know, the song and I'm like, oh my gosh. And like, I go hysterical crying, like, oh my God, he heard it. And then she's laughing. She's like, well, I'm really sorry. Like, I know you're having a moment, but, um, he's making fun of it, you know, um, said that it's a really sappy song and, and then I started laughing because you, again, as I said in the thing, in the entry, he would do something like that. Um, and I sent her that video later on of him singing 
specifically because she, you know, she didn't, she knew my brother, but she didn't really know him very well. And that's why, again, a lot of this stuff that she brings up, you know, is not all things that she would have known or how he sang, she wouldn't have known. So my brother sent me a video one night of him. He worked for South Country School District um, as a custodian and he went into like the auditorium and the microphone was still on. So he sent me a video of him singing um, Aretha Franklin Respect and it was very high pitched and obnoxious but it was hilarious. And he sends me the video and then about 10 minutes later, he texts me and he's like, oh my God, Jess. He's like, I didn't know that people were still in the building. <laughs> so he was singing, screaming this song on the top of his lungs with speakers in an auditorium and there was still staff in the building. So he was very embarrassed and it was quite funny. But I sent her that video so that she could see, you know, what he sounded like when he, you know, sang obnoxiously and she was like, oh my God, you know, that's, that's exactly what she thought of when she, you know, felt like she was making this connection with him. And again, it just, it just kind of, it, it never felt enough. And I would tell her this, like, I truly appreciated everything that she had said to me and you know, all the times that she called and texted that she felt like she had to say something, I could never do anything to thank her enough. And I just, you know, I just felt like it's still, I would tell her it still isn't the same. Like it's still not enough. Like you get that little glimmer of happiness and oh my God, like I said, feeling like you really had a secondhand conversation with them. But, you know, it, it, nothing beats the physical presence of your loved one and having them there with you. So, you know, it just never feels good enough. But, but I do appreciate, you know, the connections that were made. And there's so many more that have happened and, you know, things that still go on. I feel like it's not as um, prevalent as it was in the beginning, but I feel that's due to the fact that, you know, my brother might have known how important it was for us to have that constant connection um, with him. Not that I don't need it now, but, you know, as time goes on, you heal, um, you don't move on, you never forget, and this, the sadness never goes away, but you do heal and in a, in a certain respect where you can, you feel like you can do more things and, um, make new memories and, you know, remember the good memories that you have with them. And it's going to be three years for me and my family in November that my brother is gone. And I still still to this day don't like using the words you know at peace and happy 
and you know everybody's different and there may be people that listen to this that think like you know oh god she still can't say that at this point I mean unless you've been through it I'd say you know don't judge and for some of those that have been through it and feel differently again every single person that has a connection um, or a relationship with someone that passed every single relationship is different so you know my mom's relationship with my brother is different than the relationship I had with my brother and so on and so forth so everybody is going to grieve differently and I feel going off on a little bit of a tangent here but I feel like because my brother was the only sibling that I had and you know my entire life that's all I've ever known is you know growing up with him by my side and the fact that he is now gone it it feels like a legitimate hole like I'm I'm truly missing something and I'm adjusting to life you know with that hole and you know, again, I, I, I get out of bed every day. I do what I need to do and, you know, I can be happy and I have happy moments and, you know, I do fun things with my kids and my family and, but, you know, in the background, there's still always that, like, for me, there's still that, like, you know, I wish you could be here kind of feeling. Um, it has gotten better and that's why I'm saying I feel like, you know, maybe if my brother was sending us signs, you know, they were more common in the beginning because it's like it was it was more heavy at that time. Um, again, still, still feeling the effects of it, but um, time has healed some things in in basically in terms of accepting it. So. Um, yeah, that's really it. So for the eighth episode, I would like to end with two quotes that I found. They're both pretty short. So the first one is, you are allowed to scream you're allowed to cry, but do not give up on life. That one's pretty self-explanatory. And then the second one I liked because um, it kind of plays into what I was saying in the beginning of this episode. And it says, find your safe places and find your safe people and rest in their embrace. So as I had said in the introduction to this episode um, about finding those people that you feel that connection to, and this quote says it, you know, plain as day, it's find those places and those people that you feel safest with and embrace it. You know, don't fight it. Um, Don't force yourself to be around people that, you know, you feel maybe aren't understanding you in the moment. And something big that I've learned is, you know, you can't expect people to be like you. You can't expect people to understand a situation that you're going through when they're not you. 
and you may not be okay with it and I personally think that's okay you don't have to be okay with it but you can't penalize somebody for not understanding or not doing exactly what you you know you think that they needed to do because not they're not going to always understand so um, I think that your support group that you have around you will hopefully try to understand and try to support you um, you know when you ask for it but if you're feeling like there's people around you that just aren't getting it and you're not feeling supported by them even though you're trying to help them understand um, it's okay to to look elsewhere and like I said that's why my mother and I had gone to that support group it was nerve-wracking and I didn't know what to expect but it was one of the best things that my mother and I could have done in the beginning of you know this journey that we've been going through because again it just we embraced we were able to embrace things that we were feeling because we felt safe with them and we had a you know a commonality with what we were going through so I hope that this episode was able to resonate with you I hope you were able to connect to something um next week or the next episode hopefully I can you know get it recorded by next week um it will be about Christmas Eve and it's going to be the first Christmas Eve that um and Christmas Day that you know my brother was gone so next week's episode will be a little different than this week and um I look forward to sharing that with you. So thank you for listening.